Friday morning, everybody. Uh, this is Pod Bros, a production of Sound Bros Productions. Uh, we're coming at you from the pod, Tri Quad City. I don't know why I keep saying Tri. The Pod, the the Pod City the pod area. Pod City area. The Quad City area. Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino, Dewey, Humboldt. Um, we have a special guest this morning joining us in the studio here. Uh, pod Bros is our good friend and um, current. Embry Riddle student, Embry Riddle engineering student, Les. Good morning, hey Les. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Glad to have you. Yeah. Thanks I'm for joining here. us. Nick is also here. Nick's behind the the uh, behind the soundboard and the computer doing the producer role, um, which is actually what Nick does every day. Uh, but it's true. Um, for lack of a guest or uh, co. Uh, uh, co-host, other co-host, uh, other co-host. We have Nick uh, doing a lot of the extra talking. So, um, good morning. Glad you're joining us. It is uh, ordinarily, I would say, it's our Star Wars Friday, um, and we do have some Star Wars to talk about. Um, but since less is here and less is more, today is less is more day. Indeed. So um, we're gonna we're gonna discuss some uh, randomness with less, um, some some Star Wars. Um, we're even actually gonna, you know, talk about politics a little today. Do you want to start by talking so about politics? We could start by talking about politics. Be careful I, there. I don't know. It's a it's a deep subject. So um, the views expressed on this show are not <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we're going to, uh, yeah, we just got a bunch of things to talk about. So uh, start off our normal shout out to everybody who listens. Um, Ed, Casey, our our founding our founding listeners, um, uh, our buddies podcast, uh, Dreadnought Nine Two Eight, Rich Merck over there. Um, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, listen to Richie. He's got a lot of uh, funny things and some good quality stuff to say as well. Um, so. Uh, yeah. Yep. Where are we at? You want to start? Go just for it. Jump right in. Yeah, okay. just jump right in. So, so I I uh, I turned on my turned on my iPad to get all of my uh, my few uh, contribution stories set up here, and I noticed I had an email on my on my uh, on my on my cloud, um, my my iCloud account. Yeah, and how often do you get emails in your iCloud account? Uh, as often as Apple sends me news. Well, there you go then. So, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's, you know, liberal galactic media crap. <laughs> liberal galactic. Sometimes well, there's some information in there that might be useful. No, there's actually a lot of it. They have some, they actually have some really good stories in here. Um, because like most, uh, most computer-based, or most, uh, what's the word? Most app, most computer manufacturing Based companies, 
they pull their news from a variety of places. Um, and so every once in a while you'll get some good stories. Um, and most of the time you get crappy stories because of the liberal galactic media. Anyway, so I'm scrolling through the email, seeing if I want to delete it or not. And I come across this Sports Illustrated cover. And it's Sports Person of the Year, and it's uh, Megan Tapino. Is that how you say that? Ropino. Ropino. Sorry, that's not a T. That's an R. My bad. It's early. <laughs> this is uh, this is earlier than Pod Bros normally does. Our anyway, uh, it was confusing morning, so. to me because um, I guess she's a soccer player, but I didn't know that because I don't follow women's soccer at all. <laughs> um, but she has a sledgehammer in her hand. Which was really confusing. You know because... what? You know what? Let me interject for just a second. Who does? Well, you it's, know, it's just not popular in the states. You soccer know, in it, general. It, well, soccer in general, yeah. But I, I know more. I mean, and I don't follow any sport really. I mean, I, I, I follow a little bit of football, thanks to our brother Joe. Um, right. And uh, and and you know and and the teams that we follow there, but. Soccer and and women. I mean, like I didn't even know who these people were until they hit the news. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I knew that there was a a woman soccer thing, right. but you know what? Who watches a bunch of people running around on a big giant field trying to kick a ball around, and then when they make a goal, like, I mean, well, soccer losing their minds. They don't you know? score a lot of points normally, as far as I know. It's like a three, two point, three, one point differences. Limited, in a game limited points. Yeah. So my answer to that is, um, if you enjoy soccer, you should definitely check out hockey, because it's better. Anyway. And there's violence. And there's violence, yes. And they're not little whiny babies looking. No, they're not. They get to run into each other and slam the dude's head into the wall. So anyway, I guess she's uh, Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. She was was the one who, who made like a big, like a big crappy deal about stuff, right? When they won. Um, I believe that she, um, yeah, she, she, uh, they all had the flag on the ground and the one, the one player was the only one that pulled the flag up and they, they were celebrating there, the U S the women's U S team and they won and didn't support, like didn't support the U S was invited to the White House and and snubbed it. Well, she's so, not the first one to snub the White House visit, but that that is true. But I think she was definitely one of the most outspoken. She was definitely one of the louder ones about it. Yeah, you know, so. th- th- this is uh, this is that that's actually something I want, I want to talk about real quick because it's something I've thought about a lot of over the past couple of years with previous presidents, specifically our previous president, who was a bit of a jack wagon. You mean the person who hated the United States and somehow managed to convince everyone or at least convince a mainstream group of people that he cared about the U.S.? Yeah. And we've spent the last three years with our current president fixing undoing everything mm-hmm. that he did? Yeah. So I was thinking about that and I was like... So less is more is now Politics Friday. Well, it's only <laughs> been a few minutes, so... I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, but I'm just... I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Visit to the White House. I would still go visit the White House. You'd have to be a pretty terrible person as the president. And some people say Donald Trump is. I really don't think he's like the devil incarnate. Is he necessarily the best person? I mean, maybe not, but who is? No, yeah, but, no, no. And I agree with you on my that. Point but, is, but the point what is, is visiting is, the White House. You're visiting the White House. That's pretty cool. Come on. 
Yeah, I mean, I who, I'm, who I'm gonna, cares who lives there? Yeah, I'm gonna shut down my angst because I I very much did not like our previous and um, and let's iteration be honest. Of, let's of let's go president. there. The option to meet the president of the United States, the most powerful country on earth. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. care how bad the dude is. I get to meet the dude. I'd roll up and shake his cool. hand and be really excited to have this big. Yeah, girl I'd on my say face. hi to him. That's cool. I mean, he's. I mean, I would. I would. You know. I would hope that being around an actual American, he would feel something, but I doubt it. <laughs> well, I'm just who saying. knows? You might have a chance to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, but maybe, but I mean, but like you said, visiting the president, visiting the the White House, and may, hey, maybe no one has ever had a sit down conversation with him where they're like, hey, you ever thought about this? Yeah, just like a logical convo. Yeah, I mean, that that this is the thing that I think is so is so interesting about about the uh, the angst towards these political people trump yeah. obama any of them it's like has anyone ever sat down with them and been like have you ever taken a, a deep long logical thought about the other side yeah and not a and not a uh and not like a partisan activist conversation because they have those all the time oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know because you've got you know oh, i mean you've got as president you know, or even as any type of powerful person, you've got an entire group of people that are there to support you and help you. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I very much doubt that the president, um, you know, as intelligent as our current president is and as, a, as much of a businessman as he is, I very much doubt that he actually has read every single thing that comes across his desk. There's you just know? no way. There's no, that's, that's, I mean, that is like virtually impossible. You know, and so um, you've got to trust these people around you. And I wonder, I do wonder if there's ever been a um, an actual sitting conversation where, you know, where somebody has said, well, here's the side, you know, this is what, you know, this is what we actually believe, you know. Um, and I and I would say for, for our current President Trump, if I was in his shoes, I don't know that I would do anything different than what he's doing now based purely on the assault and the attack well, I mean, he's been on the defensive since before he became president. Here, here's an interesting thought, though. I think that there are people that have had that conversation with Trump. And I think that's what makes people like this lady and other people that hate him so much. I think it's what invalidates their argument. Because I think he has had those conversations. Okay. I think I think he's had sit down and talk conversations with people where he's like, tell me, tell me why I should have crazy regulations on business. Tell me why I should support religious freedoms. Tell me why I should support gun rights. Tell me. I think he's had all of the major conversations. I think he has too. And we've seen pictures of some of those things where he sat down with some of these people. And that's what they hate him for is that even though he's quote unquote had those conversations, he hasn't shifted. As a matter of fact, he has. He has. Away from them. Farther towards the conservative side. Yeah. Um, which, which for some reason terrifies these people. Um, and I think I think the biggest part is no, it's is, not for some reason. It's for a very specific reason, which is they're terrified that if somebody like Trump, who has been left leaning for most of his life, good friends with the Clintons, right, different things like that, can with the election of a radical like Obama shift parties because that was. He changed parties. He was a Democrat his whole life. Right. He became a Republican in 2008 when Obama got elected president. Wow. And within eight years of Obama being president and the Clintons showing their true colors to someone who's probably, you know, 
you, you think about a position with somebody like Trump, who's a businessman, who's all he cares about is business and making money. He's not looking at politics. He actually in, probably doesn't even care about politics. But in the eight years that he was a Republican, that he was registered as a Republican while Obama was in office, was enough to get him convinced that we should not have anything to do with them and that they're terrible, horrible people. Well, and the other side of that, too, is that he's not the only one. He's the loudest because well, he's the president. Him and Kanye. and Well, and Kanye, but, but there are, I mean, the hashtag walk away movement is pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. So... Go ahead. Les has got a Les. thought. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, thinking about Kanye has settled down a lot, and I think that a lot of that was he was trying to. Uh, I don't know if you remember Donald Trump pardoned a bunch of people like last year. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Kanye had been big on trying to get this this woman who was like I think he she was supposed to be wrongfully imprisoned, pardoned, and after that he kind of has settled back down. Although he's he's a man of God now. I'm totally surprised by that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very very encouraged by Kanye's shift. Um, and then reading and listening to his, uh, um, you know, listening to some of his interviews and th- and different things like that. It's just, you know, it is it is incredible some of the things that has happened to him, um, and and it's awesome. So so in in midst of talking about all this, and this is this is one of my uh, this is one of my favorite parts of this whole thing with Trump is this constant. Uh, tariffs don't work, and then the tariffs working thing. Well, but, are we okay? I mean, it's one thing to say that tariffs don't work when uh, Obama was in office and when Bush was in office, where they were not interested in dealing, and they were using tariffs and um, different things like that. Well, tariffs tariffs are used for a very specific thing, but but they were using that stuff just simply as a weapon. They weren't right. using it as a trade tool. They were just we have tariffs on we have tariffs and um, we've you know essentially blockaded these countries to show that we don't like them and that's it. That's all they were using them for. So of course, for sixteen years or you know you could go even farther and say twenty four years or whatever, everyone's like this doesn't work and it's like well yeah they were using it as a weapon. They weren't using it for anything else but a weapon. All of a sudden, uh, Trump gets into office and he's like, "This is how trades are. Spo- this is how uh, tariffs are supposed to work." And all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, we no longer have a tariff with them. We no longer have a tariff with them." And now, China today on the news, China just the China U.S. Um, trade has reached uh, the first phase, which means that there will now be tariff reliefs. Tariff reliefs, and that is what tariffs are for. And we are selling rice to China. And so then the only country that and, I can... Know and soybeans. And, so, and, and soybeans to China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. This is, this is one of those situations where you're like, this guy has such good business practices, he could sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, apparently... There he can he won up to those people because he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sell rice and soybeans to China. That's amazing to me. So, well, and so the only on the tariff side, I think the only one that I've heard of that is not actually go that is not the tariffs are not actually working for us on them right now is North Korea. Yes, they're they're not. I just read it. 
What do you mean they're not? They're doubling down and not, and, uh, or at least that's what I read. I no, mean, no, no, no. They're doubling down right now because they're looking at American news and you're 11 months away from an election. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand. This is, this is the, the classic, the classic, um, this is classic media, you know, the liberal media, they, they look at the way that they're acting right now. And they're like, see, see, it's not working. It's not working. But the truth of the matter is, is that Korea is looking at this and they're like, we're in a position to move back to where we were. But only if Trump doesn't get elected. If Trump gets elected, Trump's now got China in his pocket. Yep. Which means that North Korea is not going to be able to. Well, and, and Lord willing, we might actually be able to get rid of a dictator. You know. Or we could go one step further, and we could actually reunite North and South Korea. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, I mean, South Korea has been sticking it. I jump will in. say, jump in. as far as North and South Korea reuniting goes, uh, a friend of mine who I won't necessarily name for this, his mother is full-blooded South Korean, grew up in South Korea. She cannot stand the thought of anything to do with a North Korean. There's going to be a know lot what? of pushback. I know, I know a lot of Koreans that are that way. A uh, lot of South pushback. Koreans. Um, and so, whereas from our standpoint, um, you know, a reunited North and South Korea and having a single career would be amazing. Um, I do know that the only way that that would ever happen for the South to accept it is for the entire dynasty of of the of the of the emperor and the dictator would go away. I mean, it would have to go away. He's not the emperor or a dictator. He's not the emperor. He's a god, isn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah. Supreme leader. Yeah. And that and that would have to end. Well, it would have to end for anything peaceful, really peaceful to happen regardless. Well, and, and this yeah. is, I think this is the reason why he's been kind of resistant to it. Because he knows that as soon as the borders are opened, essentially what you're going to have is you're going to have a, an eastern-western Germany situation. Well, you know, they have that flood of information. He's no longer supreme leader. He's he's just another guy at the top of the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, once they know that, it's as, not as terrifying. As soon as they well, know, and that, yeah. and once this is the other thing is that you have these uh, you have these massive concentration camps they have that make Hitler's concentration camps look like uh, child's play. Um, and as soon as there is any kind of information at all that gets into those camps, you're going to have forty. Full uprise. 40, 80, 100 million people, you know. Wow. Rearing for, I mean, I don't know how effective they'll be. The entire country is, you know. It would take a countrywide extremely, extremely emaciated, you know. But could you imagine the a potential information leak that there's food? I mean, food is a powerful motivator. Yeah. That is probably one of the number ones. Living. Food is part of being alive. Yeah, it's one of the uh, it's one of the basic uh, needs in the hierarchy scale, right? Yeah. Um. But there is this, and and I think this is pretty cool: is that North Korea has or South Korea, sorry, has the lowest um, debt to profit ratio in the world. Um, and the reason that that is is because um, they've been working on it. Since this whole, since the whole situation happened with Germany, where Germany, where Western Germany had to essentially, um, they had to take on the debt of 
of of Eastern Germany. Western Germany had to take on the debt of Eastern Germany, and since then, Korea has worked um, tirelessly to make sure that their debt is unbelievably low, if not non-exist, you know, if non-existent, so that when the time comes that North Korea and South Korea are reunited, South Korea can absorb all of the debt from North Korea and not be in a terrible position where Germany was to where they're finally now, 30 years later, getting somewhere. Their 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 money is worth something, is now worth something, and it's after they had to join an alliance in Europe, right? Yeah, there's a lot of funniness about the European Union and different opinions, so... Was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? Them having to join that—that's well, the whole. Well, it was a good thing for Germany. They effectively the took over the entire entirety of Europe without having to fire a shot. That is true. Okay, so let's jump. Uh, let's jump back into this. Um, our current, our stuff. Uh, Democrats in the House Judici- Judiciary Committee approved two articles of impeachment Friday um, that charge. So today, uh, because they're ahead of us in time. Uh, that charged President Trump with high crimes and misdemeanors, setting up a historic House vote next week uh, that all but guarantees Trump will be just the third president to be impeached in U.S. history. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down because this is uh, this is of course um, your typical false news narrative. Okay, okay we're ready. So first, um, all but guarantees, right? Um, that completely fly that statement alone flies completely in the face of the facts. Because this whole judiciary com- committee is a is a is a dog and pony show, is a circus right now. It's more than a circus. It's yeah. smoke and mirrors. It's smoke and mirrors. It's it's a joke. First and foremost. Second, um, the third president to be impeached in U.S. history um, is because none of them, none of the others were even attempted at impeachment um, mm. with the a, after a certain point. Right? We well, discussed this the first time because. They tried to impeach. Um, how far back? Uh, what it was, was it? It was it was Johnson. Andrew they tried Johnson to in, they tried to impeach is, Andrew he Johnson. The, he was the VP of of um, of Lincoln. Became president after Lincoln died. Um, and the whole that you know what's funny about that and this situation. It's funny you should bring that up because um, I I don't I didn't like Johnson as a president. You okay. Know, reading Andrew Johnson, reading through yeah. his presidency. Um, he was an angry Southerner who was who was part of who was part of the uh, he stayed with the Union didn't didn't secede with the rest of the Confederacy um, and he severely disliked the South wanted them to pay for the to the you know for the right right but at the same time felt like he had to keep up some of Lincoln's policies and so he started Reconstruction but he did a very poor job of it. Um, so that's neither here nor there. The, the Congress that the, the Congress during that period of time actually made a law that, um, and this, I think this law is still in effect that, um, if a president takes over for another president, um, it, it has to do with firing. If you fire someone like the Secretary of Defense or the Secretary of War, which was at, at that time it was Secretary of War. Right. But you didn't appoint that person, the right. previous president did. It was for it was it was a law that applied to the succession of another president 
in case of death or incapacitation or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, if you fired him and didn't tell, didn't give Congress just cause for the firing, for removing him from office, mm-hmm. you were actually in contempt of the law. Oh, okay. And so that it was totally, they totally baited him because they knew he wanted to, um, um, they wanted, he wanted to fire Stanton, the Secretary of War, Lincoln's Secretary of War, because Stanton was like, he was this outspoken guy on the cabinet saying, what are you doing? So so basically they tried to impeach him. They, they baited him. They baited him They totally it. baited him. He fires the guy, doesn't tell Congress, you know, boom, boom, boom. Congress file, you know, articles of impeachment. He, he disobeyed the law, blah, blah, blah. And it fails. Good. And what was said about that? Who who somebody made a quote so, about that? So um, it was um, it was JFK. He actually wrote an entire article about it. It's called "Saving the President." If you ever want to read it, it's an excellent, excellent read, and it totally applies to actually all of the impeachments, including Bill Clinton. It totally applies to all of them. If you read what he says, it all makes sense. Okay, so. That that being said, that that's where we're at. So this is the third president, um, and 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 what we were discussing on that is in that in that thing he says, you know, uh, it's a good thing that they didn't impeach um, Jack Johnson. Uh, Johnson. Had they, then it would have opened the door for every impeachment after that. Um, Clinton was the one, yeah, who right? opened the. And now there's been an attempted impeachment every time. All of them, yeah. You know, which is stupid, um, which is just it's it's a colossal waste of, you know, outside of anything else. It is a colossal waste of taxpayers and actually, time, it wasn't, money and everything. It actually else, wasn't so. Clinton. I was just reading an article about this. It actually was um, was Bush senior. They actually attempted to impeach Bush senior. Really? Over the uh, desert storm situation. Oh, OK. That's right. I remember and it that. was uh, it was one of those things where it was like if this had gone on longer than a very short amount of time, they were going to try to impeach him. I don't know what the grounds were for impeachment, but... All right, so the articles which charge Trump with abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, which is just funny because that's what they're doing, um, were passed uh, out of the committee along strict party lines. 23 Democrats voting to send the measures to the full House, which is expected to approve them next week. One Democrat, uh, Representative Ted Lau uh, from California, was absent after undergoing an unexpected blah, blah, blah. All... Okay, so this is what gets me. All 17 panel Republicans. So there were 17 Republicans on the panel and 24 Democrats? Yeah, because it's because the Democrats control the, the House. The House Representatives is primarily Democrat right now. So, so they, they have more on the panel. Okay, that makes sense. I I personally would assume that it, would, it should be equal across the board um, on something as important as the president. But there is the checks and balances with the Senate, which say, this they still also has to have go to go through. The through. Senate, because the Senate can preside over it like as a trial almost, I think. Right, which is what and it's the actually chief. in the case of impeaching the president, because you can impeach other people through Congress. But in the case of impeaching the president, they um, this, this, uh, the chief justice, the chief has, justice. To, has to be present, has mm-hmm. to be there. He actually presides as if he was the judge. Which is as is and that's as impartial as it gets. The chief justice is supposed to be the most impartial person there is, mm-hmm. and I, 
So there's still, they say it's almost guaranteed, but there's still a long way to go before this is going to go anywhere. Anyway, if you read through, even with how poorly written these articles are and, and how much of a bent there are on them, um, if you're, if you're an American, if you're an American with a, an ounce of common sense, um, you, you can see through this stuff and you can see that this is all smoke and mirrors and it's all a waste. And, and let me be, let me be the first, right? Okay. If this hasn't been said somewhere before, I'm, I'm sure it has, but let me be the first here to say it is that I, I have always been in support of Donald Trump as the president. Um, I actually voted for him myself, um, against my better judgment uh due to certain uh beliefs that he had um when he first came into office um however um if the man if the man has done something wrong and needs to be impeached impeach him and removed from office but you have to present that but you have to present that um because we live in a country where we are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty and we have been playing this well they're guilty because i said so game so i think we've done enough politics for today and since it's the bottom um, of the hour and it's, it's the bottom of the hour so once again this is pod bros uh we are having a ridiculously uh we've been having a ridiculously long conversation about politics um we've got a special guest in our studio here uh less from embry riddle he's an embry riddle college uh college student he's actually you're graduating this year next next semester hopefully. this semester um or this next semester in the spring Les is graduating hopefully. and you are graduating with what degree uh bachelor of science in aerospace engineering a bachelor of science so basically um we decided that we were going to up the iq quotient <laughs> in the room and we invited Les to come um because he's the smart one um and uh i don't know about that one but <laughs> so um, on to something more fun. Yes? We talk about Star Wars? Let's talk about Star Wars. Okay, but is Star Wars the more fun sometimes? Oh, no. Uh, well, we're going to have you know a little what? bit. You know There's going to be a sl- No, you know what? I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we're about to like this second half of the of the podcast is going to sound a lot like the first half. <laughs> Only about Star Wars Only about and not Star politics. Wars and not about politics. <laughs> Star Wars is very divisive but anymore. But before we do that. Well, it was very divisive before, I suppose. Let's um Let's oh, talk about the know, weather real quick. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about the weather because uh, today is Friday, the oh, yeah, December yeah. 13th. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, And yeah, tonight yeah, yeah, yeah. is the um, Acker Musical Showcase, um, which is, uh, if you've been listening to the show at all, is Luke's favorite day of the year. Oh, I'm really excited. Uh, I've, next... never, I've never actually been. Really? No, I've been here oh, for three years. Sweet. Never been. Oh, you are going to have a blast. So... Um, we are, uh, we're, we're, I'm going to be downtown with a whole group of friends. Um, we're starting at the American warehouse, um, right there at the corner of Gurley and, um, or, uh, sorry, Sheldon and Montezuma, um, where they tee off. Um, so we're going to be starting there. Um, there's a specific musical act we want to hear. Um, and then we're going to walk, we're going to walk it. So I'm going to get my steps in today. I can tell you that. Um, and, uh, and boy, and, do you need them? Boy, do I need them? Cause I'm a, I'm, I'm gaining your svelte. I'm, 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 I'm svelte. Yes. Thank you. No, I'm not svelte. I'm fluffy, uh, currently right now. I'm mm. very, um, anyway, we're, we're going to move off that subject, um, <laughs> quickly, as quickly as we can get to the end of it, because well, it's a large, we're going to kind of waddle to the end of waddle it, waddle to the end of the subject you and, know, uh, kind get of the roll short arms yes. up here, swinging back okay, and forth, making fun of me. All right. Um, so we're going to be walking the whole thing. It's it's just a lot of fun. I'm going down early this year. I got to get my fancy that scarf. 
Um, so at at, uh, at Fancy That, they sell the uh, the Akronite scarves. Um, people are going to be all dressed up and just walking downtown and, um, and music, and music everywhere. And it's just, girls. it's going to be awesome. Um, our friend that was supposed to be on the show today, um, we were hoping to have the Phantom from mm-hmm. the Phantom of the Opera here. Oh, how was that, by the um, way? It was amazing. I mean, it, it was so well done. Yeah, the Pie College, um, you know, I, I've seen, I went and saw Beauty and the Beast. Um, and Beauty and the Beast was, it was good. It was okay. Let me put it that way. It was okay. Um, there were there were some significant things missing um, from a theatrical standpoint. Being a th- being a theater person myself, um, and uh, and having done some directing, some producing, writing, um, and even some starring in some things, um, I uh, I'm a I'm a bit biased on bent, and I I feel like I can notice certain things in a show. So there were some directorial things. With Beauty and the Beast, um, there was definitely some makeup things. Um, you know, they they were doing the best that they can, and that's awesome. But they had um, they had resources that they just didn't tap. Um, and then um, I, uh, you know, just paying attention and seeing certain things. Right. So the uh, the Beauty and the Beast was a good show, but it was a it was a definitely subpar show. It kind I of would, felt like watching like a. I felt like I was watching like a high school show, or, high school a, show. or and and not a good high school show, like a more like a middle school show is kind of what it felt like. Ouch. But with the ability for for them to sing because they had some, you know, they had some really good singers, and right. that is and that is let me let me make this very clear that is that is not a dig on the actors in any way, shape, or form. This is this is mainly um, a, you know the director and the producing of the whole thing. And <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> wow. The, uh, you know, uh, just the, um, you know, the, the production side of it, there were things that were missing the, um, the certain characters that were acting a certain way. Um, and from a director standpoint, I could tell that they were coming up with this on their own and hadn't been directed into the right place. Um, and so there's, you know, there's that aspect of it. Um, but comparing that, of course, to the Phantom was, I mean, it was, literally night and day different the phantom was pristine um the the showmanship the the little things that you look for um from the actors and actresses uh that are directorial things were all there you know um and the director his name is uh i believe his name is craig um did a phenomenal job he's uh he's actually got a doctorate in theater uh-huh. i believe so the man is he is the director of uh yavapai college's performing arts um, and mm. it's, and it's really, really good. So that was phenomenal. So, uh, uh, I said all of that to say that the, the gentleman who played the Phantom for, uh, Yev by college is actually going to be, uh, dressed as the Phantom. Um, I believe he is going to be doing some singing, oh. um, and he is going to be at one of the places downtown. I don't know where that is yet. Um, as soon as I know, I will be there. <laughs> I'll just say if if uh, if my girlfriend hears about that, she will be tickled to death to see that because that is probably her favorite, oh. one of her favorite. Well, then Broadway I will introduce shows. her to him. That so just, that will that be just sounds terrible. Tickled to, tickled to death. To death. That would be horrible. She 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 punches if you tickle her. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, that that's not a that's not a good thing. So, um, a shout out to Hannah. Um, she's a sweetheart. Um, she's uh she's having a rough day today. <laughs> already it's it's gonna be a busy day busy it's gonna day. be a busy day but Although, she's 
could she change, can handle it. So we'll see. Yeah, she she can handle it, and she's a sweetheart. And um, and I think this might be the first show that she listens to because you're on it. <laughs> she's gonna so, feel obligated. At uh, least she has now. no choice. <laughs> So, so the actor night tonight. The, the actor night tonight starts, I believe, at five thirty, um, goes until about seven uh, thirty, eight o'clock. Um, it, there's going to be a lot of people down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pictures with Santa. Pictures with oh, that's right. Pictures with Santa just up the street from the courthouse. Um, if you head towards uh, on Gurley Street, if you head towards the Charlotte Hall Museum, right across from Charlotte Hall Museum, um, is uh, one, the one eighty, and at the one eighty there will be Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus. Um, and you'll be able to take pictures with them, and there will be refreshment. Um, there is, uh, I, I think they do cocoa and cider and Lord knows what else. Um, and it's all free. Um, and uh, I happen to personally know Santa Claus, and he's amazing. I'm just saying. So, um, And Mrs. Claus is also really, really sweet. Isn't that a so, pre-requisite? So anyway, the, uh, the weather, which is what we started on before. And so all this. of that to jump on to the weather... So tonight, the low will be 35. Um, today, right now, the high... Or right now, it's 32 degrees. But that's only because it's still the morning. The high today is supposed to be 58. And then um, tomorrow, it gets a little cooler. And then tomorrow night, it's going to rain. And then potentially, there'll be snow Sunday morning. Um, and then it'll be clear for a little bit. And then we might get some more snow and rain on Thursday. All right. With it clouding up on Wednesday evening. So so it's going to be a nice night tonight then, which is even better. It'll be, it'll be great tonight. So now that we've said that, shall we Star Wars? Certainly. All right. So uh, the new movie's coming out. Yes. The Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Um, and from uh, my personal humble opinion, uh, there is nothing that they can do to redeem this mm. um, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Um, from a uh, from a fan standpoint, the gross negligence um, from both Kathleen Kennedy and the wanton destruction of all of my childhood sci-fi from J.J. J. J. Abrams, um, uh, I think both of them should be removed and flogged, um, at least. You know. However, they have made some good decisions. And... And so, whereas one good decision doesn't negate um, a, a lifetime worth of bad decisions. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that you're talking about good good decisions and bad decisions. I'm just, I'm, I, while we were talking about this, I looked at an article. And this, I think this article sums up what you're saying right now. Okay. So, um, in 2012, when Star Wars was bought out, when Lucasfilms was bought out by Disney... Uh, there was a lot of fans that were envisioning kind of a Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, yeah. thing. That could no. have been pretty good. And, yeah, and, 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 now, been, and, now here's, and now here's the thing is that think about 2012. It was right after um, uh, the first Avengers movie. It was like, you know, most of the, most of the Marvel fans, the, a large like 90% of the Marvel fans were like, they were like little kids running around, you know, with their, with, I was. their, with their Iron Man and Captain America toys, you know, smashing was, them I, into each I, other. I was and, wearing Hulk gloves. And, you know, running around in their, running around in their. Uh, and gaining weight as fast as I possibly could. You know, you know what I mean, though? Painting themselves <laughs> green. It was, people were loving it. Yes. It was amazing. It was awesome. They hadn't, 
gone they hadn't dived into the ridiculous controversy that they've moved themselves into now basically what it was is it was a fun light um just a happy universe that appeased everyone and right? so everyone I mean, it was it so, was the comfort yeah, yeah, of yeah. it was the comfort of the comic books done well on the screen See, I really, I didn't enjoy Marvel as much. I enjoyed the movies like anyone did. I didn't enjoy them as much until Infinity War. That uh, was like until a, this most current one. Well, no, Endgame. Endgame was phenomenal. I loved Endgame. Okay. Maybe it wasn't great from a comic book standpoint. Well, I'm not as familiar there. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying that that after after the first Avengers movie that people that it started getting bad because I thought oh it no, it, it got, got better. Yeah, I thought okay. it got better and better and better. What I'm saying is that. They have made some. They have made some tactical decisions as to where they're going to go. Right now, that um, Infinity War and End Endgame Game. are done. Because I actually thoroughly enjoyed Infinity War. I, I loved them both. Um, they were great. And, I, I enjoyed Infinity and End War. Game. Um, and there End was Game had there a couple was of parts one, that I didn't enjoy. There was one. There was one character um, in both of them that uh, should have never been added into the MCU. And there was a scene in. Endgame that was initiated by that character. What character in, in Infinity War? If you're talking about who I think you are, then there was a scene. Sorry, not in Infinity War. My bad. Just in Endgame. Just in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm but, assuming you're talking about... Uh, oh, we're talking about Captain Marvel. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, And here, and, and there was a scene in Infinity War where like uh, Nick Fury Oh, at the very him. end they texted. Yes. yes. So here's the problem. Okay, and I'm going to jump in real quick here. The problem is is that up until that point, Captain Marvel, no matter what they were planning politically or any of that other pile of garbage, which we could spend an entire hour or multiple on and then never touch Star Wars, which we won't do, um, aside from any of that, that character wasn't shouldn't have been in the movie because there was nothing... I mean, they literally released the... Uh, the initial movie, uh, half a month before, you know, uh, or however long was it? A month? It wasn't maybe very a month long. and a half before Endgame. Um, um, and so when they had filmed Endgame and when they had done all of this stuff, there was no alluding to her. There was no anything about the character. And I might add, from a comic from a comic book standpoint, this. This iteration of Captain Marvel had already failed twice. Yeah. Okay. So they had released this version of Captain in seven Marvel. seven years. They, and had failed. In, in the And they released world. it again in the comic world. And it had failed. And then they forced it into the screen. Um, and it succeeded. And I'm using strong air quotes because succeeded can mean a lot of things. If you're looking purely monetary, then fine, it succeeded. But if you're looking at story, uh, story lore and his and future, you know that is yet to be seen, and we'll see where that goes. So, anyway, what what I'm getting at is that, you know, the the Star Wars fans were looking at, well, we were looking at Marvel and going. Yes. This is going to be uh, awesome. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be amazing. I think I remember sitting down with my friend at the time and going, like, this could be the greatest thing ever, or it could be absolutely terrible. Well, and that's... And, and that is actually... I had the same conversation. I And unfortunately for me, because I'm a very pragmatic person who looks at reality, I'm looking at two Star, Star Trek movies at that, at that point. <laughs> that had or, been... No, butchered. sorry. Actually, no. Sorry, it had only been one. 
It had only been one because it was 2012. Yeah, you're and right. Star just Wars, the first, just our Star the Trek first had one. come out in 2011. Um, and so I'm looking at a Star Trek movie that had completely and totally butchered the story. Right. Um, and had gone like way out to left field, but I was kind of okay with it because um, it fits into the whole Star Trek mantra of you change the timeline and everything changes. But they had made the typical classic mistakes that are made in time cha- in changing the timeline. I'm going to talk about Star Trek here for a second. And I'm actually going to talk about science fiction in general. I love how in science fiction they do like, they went back in time and changed the timeline. And yet, they change other aspects of the story that are not connected to how they changed the timeline. And so now it's like, how did all of this stuff happen if this thing changed in the timeline? You know? And yep. so and so in, in the Star Trek universe, it's like, they changed this one thing in the timeline, and all of a sudden, the entirety of it has changed. Yeah. It was like, was there like a backstory where other stuff changed and you didn't tell us, or what? But So for me, I was, I was coming from the standpoint of... Well, well, from, this is this on, is probably going to be crappy. On this, on the sci-fi side in Star Trek, you can do that. You can change that one thing, go a completely different sideline um, universe, and it kind of works. And it's been done more than once, right? Um, and so that wasn't horribly too much of a butcher. The other side of it, though, is that there's certain things that he cha- that that Abrams changed that were not meant to be changed. You know, yeah, and but that, that happened you, later, and, and that you shouldn't change. Um, and so, you know, um, so we're, but, but at the same time, what, what, what we're saying is, is that we're looking at, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here as Star Wars fans and we're going, okay, so JJ Abrams is going to be directing this, right? And Kathleen Kennedy, who has, you know, I mean, from those yeah, of us that are fans, we didn't know though, we didn't know much about her. Um, she was kind of like the silent voice. And then as I started to research her, it was like, oh, she's the one behind this decision, behind this decision, this decision, this decision. Like all these, all of these decisions that it's like, dear goodness, like, how are you, you know, how are you not, I don't know. I think it should be a criteria that you have to be a, like a mega fan of these to, to do them. You know, like, shouldn't that be a. Shouldn't well, that be something? Well, I think, I think, and this is something that I, I actually, let's talk about some other, let's talk about fantasy, right? Because fantasy and science fiction tend to go together. They're pretty keen to connect. So when we think about Star Wars and Star Trek, right? inevitably we end up thinking about Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Of course. And Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were done by someone who they were done by people who were inter- interconnectedly involved and loved what they were doing. Right. So from and so, so on the Lord of the Rings side, Peter so, Jackson great loved Lord of the Lord he did of the Rings. A great job. I love those movies. I've read the books several and times I, now. I have as well. I love them and I, I love how And I've had arguments with people where they 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 are the Uber Uber nerd fans, right? Um but but I I hear more from people like you, I love the I love the movies. Yeah, they were so, great. They were long, which they needed to be to cover all of the things. And the extended editions, of course. Of course, we just, want to we oh, get into that. They're so phenomenal. Um, so they're I mean they're done by they're done by a mega fan, and yes. and he did his absolute best to do the work 
justice, right? Yeah. Um, Harry Potter, uh, as much as you can say whatever you want to say about Rowling and and her weirdness, she she, she helmed made a great that. book. Great books. She wrote great books and she helmed that entire thing. I mean, she had well, integral in, 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 indirectly. In, no, no, it was indirectly at first. It only became integral near the end. And you speak just. I want to do. A, I want a small tangent on Harry Potter. The first three movies were like nearly word for word on the book. Like right. I remember, I watched those and I was like, man, I just read the book. I don't, I don't need to watch this again. I was like, wow, same thing. And then there was a little split, but the books also got bigger at that time, mm-hmm. and the movies didn't change length really. So I want, I want to do a little forgiveness there. Oh no! But absolutely. they were very, very true to the to the books. I think. See, and I, I, think, did, I never read the Harry Potter books. They're they're so, good reads. You know, so um, and I probably won't ever read. And I probably won't ever read the Harry Potter books. It's it's more or less the movie. If you've seen the movie, you've. Some people are going to crucify me for saying this, but the Harry Potter movies are pretty close to the books. There are some details, as there always are, that are lost. Well, and you know what? That the other side of that is, you can't take a book and go immediately to screen and get everything, unless you do a TV show. Well, then you've got enough time, and then you've got the time. But then you don't necessarily have the budget for the special effects. Right. Right. So well, with I, some exceptions. I mean, of I course. I think I, I look at some of these things, and and this is actually, since we're talking about Lord of the Rings and and uh, and Harry Potter, I want to talk about Narnia for a minute here, and the oh, uh, complete oh, and total debacle of that. Oh gosh! Because that you, you want to talk about someone who wasn't a fan. Oh, the director God. of the second movie, the first movie was they, fine. They did a decent job, but the problem with the first movie was that everyone knows that story. Mm-hmm. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? You, you, you talk about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That is the Narnia story. Everyone knows the story. And you can't... I mean, you can change little things, and you can kind of make it fanciful, but you can't change the story. The story is the story. The story is the story of redemption. There is nothing you can do about it. But, but you know... When they did Prince, Prince Caspian, Caspian... That's like oh out of gosh. order. It was like... No, no. It was in the... Is it? What, the, what they were doing was they were releasing it in the order that he released them in. That okay. C.S. Lewis released them in. Not in chronological order. If it was chronological order, they would have started with the magician's nephew. Okay, fair. So, that's neither here nor there. But the problem is, is that the director for Prince Caspian <laughs> didn't like the story. He didn't like the story of Prince Caspian. And so, he releases this movie. And I remember sitting there. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I got it prefaced to me by someone who hadn't read the book. <laughs> Two people actually hadn't read the book about how this it was this great story and it was like this great movie. And so I come into it thinking, you know, I'm going to see the visual version of Prince Caspian, one of my favorite books. Right. Um, I, I My favorite of all seven would have to be The Horse and His Boy. Hands down, I would say the best book out of all seven of them. Um have you have you read all seven of them? I have to say I have a failing here as a fan of fantasy and fiction. I have not read all seven of them. I have read print. I have read the Lion, the Winch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. I have read the Dawn Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and I've read the Silver Chair. I have not read the other ones. Okay, out of those ones, which one's your favorite? The Silver Chair. I was very out of context because there were a lot of things I have missed in there. So I. Just because it was the one that everyone knew, I did like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe the most. Okay. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, I like. I have to read them, I guess, in a better ma- fashion than I did because I I need to go back and reread them all. Um. Well, out of those three, and of course you said the Voyage of the Dawn Treader and the Silver Chair, which are very close in my mind, but I prefer. Um. I think out of the two of them, I prefer the Silver Chair. That's fair. 
um, the Silver Chair, as far as the second to last book in the correct chronological order, it really kind of sets. You can you can tell after reading all seven of them, and, and then you read back through them again because that's what I do. I read things over and over and over. Well, again. yeah. Um, after reading back through it, you can see how C.S. Lewis has set everything up for the last battle. Which, if you've never read the last battle, I have not. I need. Let to... me tell you something. That is a phenomenal book. I need to go back through and re- I need to. I actually. Um, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, I'm just going to do a little plug here for C.S. Lewis. Um, his his books that are series book series. Wow, they are the the the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, if you ever, if you ever get a chance to read the Space Trilogy. In my mind, he sits up there with Tolkien as far as like levels of like wow. Well, this they were guy. friends they with were, each other. Yes, I did. I, I've read other. I've read Tolkien's biography or auto yeah biography and mm-hmm. it uh, talked a lot about C.S. Lewis there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it was it, there was actually a, a couple of them. I forget what the other guy's name was, but there was there was three or four of them. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. all fiction. They, would like they sit... were all uh, fantasy fiction writers, right? Um, and that was that was actually um, C.S. Lewis's big argument for, for for fantasy for writing fantasy was that. We are losing the children because they don't want to read about all this crappy stuff. They want to read about something that's fantastic. Yeah. And we tell them, don't read about Greek mythology and don't read about Roman mythology and Norse mythology. And so it's like, what are they going to read? Well, we need to write them some fantasy so they can read stuff. You say reading about Greek mythology. That makes me think of Rick Riordan and the Percy Jackson books. And, right, exactly. And say what you will about Greek anything and his interpretation of it all. I, I read those books when I was about 14. And I thought they were the coolest thing ever. They were new. No one had ever done stuff like right. that that I knew of. And exactly. I was like, wow, these are great. Well, and, that's, and this is my point, is that when you're talking about fantasy, when you're talking about it, what it is, is it's allowing your brain to move beyond what is physically around you. Because what's physically around you is very boring and mundane, perspectively thinking. You know, of course, speaking, yeah. Is that it's very mundane and very boring, and you get... Um, I guess the word to use is weary. You get weary of the <clears throat> mundane, and that's what's so epic about a fantasy book. That's what's so epic about reading a fantasy book is that it allows you to step out of where you're at and step into this amazing world. And in the case of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis specifically, I've actually never read the Percy Jackson books. Um, they are very real life, though I would but, say. And and I have a I was this is why I was going to say this because I, I watched one of I watched that iteration they made oh, that God. movie which was terrible. I, I know it was horrible. Yes. For me, watching it just from a movie standpoint, oh, just straight it was up, like, it was a good movie. No, it was a decent movie. I was going to say it wasn't. I could tell by watching it that they didn't do it justice. By itself, it was like you said, it was a pretty decent movie. You would watch it and you'd be like, okay. I, you know, you know, it was kind of a cool story, but I could Piercy tell. Piercy Jackson, The Lightning Thief. Yes. And The Sea of Monsters. or the Okay, The Sea of Monsters was just bad. We won't talk but, about but that. But I could, I mean, See, I, I could tell by watching. They were good movies. No, when I watching them, I could tell that they had not done the story justice. They were no Aragon, let's say that. If you've ever seen the Aragon movie, let me assure you, it is complete and totally, like, not even, like, they got, it's I a boy Aragon, and a dragon, and it's that spot of all is it's true to the book. I have seen Aragon. The Varden's supposed to be the, the dwarves, and it's not even, there's no dwarves there. I didn't mean to, Wow. 
Aragon is the one where he's he's, he's like, the dragon rider. Right? Yeah, the dragon rider. He's the dragon rider. Yes, right? and I the and inherited cycle. Love that. Movie. The inherited cycle is I loved that movie when I was a kid, and so it made me go find the book, and then I read those books. And the inherited cycle is wonderful. Christopher Paolini did a wonderful job. I love those. So what I'm so, what I'm saying is is that the benefit of reading something like C.S. Lewis or Tolkien specifically, um, is it's not just this fantastic story. It is a story that is steeped in a specific message that's being taught. This is yes. It's being, yes. It's being presented. I mean, you read the Tolkien story, and he is, I, I, you know, if you're not a Christian, I, I, this might be hard for you to gather, but the ring is sin. Yeah. And it's people's constant draw towards sin. And ultimately, the, the ring bearer is tempted by sin, and has to destroy it, and it's and he ultimately is dest- and it ultimately is destroyed, um, and then of course in C.S. Lewis, I mean the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That okay, yes, that's just it straight is, up. A Jesus. It is straight up Jesus. It it's is straight up right. Jesus story. There's he, no getting around. He that. literally sacrifices himself and comes back to life. Yeah, for for being betrayed, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't he is get betrayed. doesn't get more story of the crucifixion than yep. that. Yeah, no, no question. And then and then you know comes back to life and defeats the witch. Well, you know to bring it back around. Um, you know, I think, I think it should be, like I said, a criteria that you're a fan of this stuff, you know, because these, these people have taken it and basically it's just a job. Oh, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah, but you don't care about it. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's paramount to like, well, I'm going to be the manager of this thing, you know? Yeah, but you suck at it. Yeah. You know, or, uh, or I'm just going to own this business. Yeah, but you're a horrible owner. Like. You know, you treat your people like crap or, 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 you know, you, you browbeat people into what you want them to do. And then, um, and then after they figure you out and do phenomenal work, um, and then you up and fire them for no reason, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So, so anyway, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, talking about, we're, we're kind of on general fiction. I'm going to talk about Star Wars, like the, the original trilogy. Okay. And Luke was just, you know, he was the hero of a thousand faces. It was textbook. Yeah, good four, guy four, versus four, five, bad eight. guy. Yeah, it's yeah. very typical. Very typical. Wow. Four, four, five, six. I can't count. <laughs> four, five, eight. I, got, I don't know where I got eight from. Lord, four, five, and six. Thank yes, you. and you know everyone loves Luke Skywalker. He yeah. was the coolest ever. Like you know, and you know, you know what's funny? You should that yeah, you should mention about Luke Skywalker being the hero that everyone loves. Um, there is there's an interview with Mark Hamill about uh, that. Mark loves. He loves Luke, as far as I know. There, no, no, that's that's he, he really does. This this interview with him is hysterical because he was talking about taking on the role of Joker. And the interview, he's talking to he's talking to them, and he's like, "We're in the we're in the studio. We're sitting outside the booth. We've got you know ten scripts, and he he loves being villains. Uh, Mark Hamill loves being villains, and he's sitting there, and he's like, "Well, maybe I can be this villain or this villain." And the director's like, "I really want you to play Joker," and he's like. There's no way I'm going to play Joker. Everyone knows who I am. Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, and Luke Skywalker is a good guy. And there's no way you're going to ever change that. And it's hysterical because he, like, he refuses and refuses and refuses and refuses and finally gets him into the studio. And he does the recording and does, like, this crazy over-the-top Joker. And the guy's like, perfect, that's what I wanted. I love Mark Hamill. He's great. And uh, if you've ever heard heard Mark Hamill do the Joker... it's the best. It's the best. If you ever watch him do the Joker, it's also the best. It's like, oh my gosh, he should be 
He should be the live-action Joker for all of the Joker movies. It should never be anyone else because that is terrifying and awesome. Yeah, his his so, Joker is, is anyway. Phenomenal. Don't mind me and my yeah, little Mar- Joker. Mark Hamill. Side note: I, yeah, great guy, love there. him. He's a great, great actor. Seems like a really nice guy from what he puts out, and everyone can see. So yeah, absolutely. So, but, but you know, the first yeah, four, three, four, five, and six, you know, they set up it was the hero of a thousand faces, and it was a very straightforward story, and right. you know. Everyone can get behind that. But then Lucas tried to go back and expand it. And props to him, other than his overuse of CGI and questionable story writing with Anakin. I, I, I liked the premise I, of I the prequels. Thought, I actually thought... So he, Some parts were we're, questionable. We're gonna have we're gonna have this discussion now. I like the prequels. I, I loved the prequels. There were just like, for example, the Anakin sitting on Naboo with Padme was questionable. You know, I don't like sand. That's... It was just not very well done. Maybe it was just Hayden Christensen just doing that there. Well, Hayden Christensen is a horrible actor. Well, and and what's funny about Hayden Christensen is we're, let's talk about him for a second. So I watched an interview with him, and he blames every last bit of his acting in in two and three on the directors. They directed me to act that way. I it's possible, but I don't. I don't believe that, and I don't believe that because I've seen other movies with Hayden Christensen in them. I don't know. I liked Jumper. Jumper was good, but he was the same character. No, he wasn't. He was. No, he was not. He was. He totally was not the same actor. I think the he same was. Character. No, he was totally full of himself. It was great. Well, the point anyway. I was trying to get to was episode, you know, one, two, and three, they're an expansion. It goes beyond, you know, you show the backstory. Here's how Darth Vader came here. Here's what old Ben used to be. Right. Here's how, where all these people come yeah, together I and lo- what it I, used to be. I loved it. I, it was cool, you know, the some of the fights, it, especially episode three. And it expanded the universe. Yes, it, it was a growth. It did. Expanded the universe. But the problem I have with six, seven... Or not six, seven, eight, and what's going to be nine is it's it doesn't feel like as much of an expansion as much of a rehash and of of four, five, and oh six. Oh my gosh, seven! When I watch, I'm sitting there watching seven, and I'm like, oh, I've already seen this in four, five, so, and six. So apparently, we're just going to rehash the story of four, five, and six. We're going to take a little bit of the expanded universe and sprinkle it in there for flavor, so that all of the fans who have actually read all of the Star Wars books feel like we're being stabbed in the stomach right now. Oh gosh! I also felt so kind of sad when they really they just like swept the whole New Republic just right under the rug. They're like, "All right, it was here. It's kind of started art, and they're all gone now." The whole council. Well, they swept the well, New Republic under the rug. They had this weird New Order garbage. The first order then, I could get over being the new big bad guy. That's whatever. Yeah, but but uh, I mean, how did think, they? They didn't provide any context. There are some books that I have not actually read yet. I I've actually been told, and I haven't read them myself either because I. I was told by a, a credible source that has read almost all of the Star Wars of the, books, like of us. the extended, like we have. Uh, they read the new books as so they they commissioned instead of commissioning commissioning the original writers, they commissioned they new commissioned writers. some new writers when Disney took over, and these people wrote and it's and it is drivel. It's drivel, um, and so I'm 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 hard depressed to read it to be honest because I. I um I can't I I'm having a hard I've been having a hard time getting behind the Star Wars movies anyway, the new ones, um, mainly because I I understand their desire to introduce new characters, I understand their desire, I understand their desire to get to get the newer the newer audience. See, I I understand that aspect. The problem that I have with it is that you do that by expanding the original 
and having their, uh, you know, their thing. I think my biggest thing, though, and I've said this before, my biggest thing on any of the new movies, however you want to do the story, whatever you want to do, you broke up Leia and Han. And that was the integral family unit. I think that was a little bit about of Harrison Ford politics, though, because I, as far as I heard, he did not want anything to do with well, Star and, Wars. And this is this is this is the other side of all this is that if you were to come into the story, if you were to come into the Star Wars universe, so let's say 2012, they buy it, and they get someone on board who is a hardcore Star Wars fan. He's read the books. He's watched the movies. He loves them. He thinks they're great. He's just a fan of all of it. Um, and he comes into it and says, we want to make, uh, we want to, what we sh- what they should have done is they should come into it and they said, let's do it like Luke did it. Like George Lucas did it. Let's do it like he did it. And let's start with 10, do 11 and 12, and then come back and do 7, 8, and 9. Just like he did it. It gives us the ability to jump ahead in the story. That's true. And way, then way ahead. And you could jump a long time. And then we can come back and fill in the context with new actors, with CGI. That's true. With with face doubling because that's a very common thing now. They do face doubling all the time. They do face. They do um, the re aging thing. Yeah. Where they make the person look younger. They do all of that stuff. You could totally come back. To the story. Well, let's let's go there then. And they and, did the Han Solo movie. That guy who played Han Solo. The, well, this is all you got to do is overlay Han's face this and is, tweak it. This is what I was saying: is that you know what Harrison Ford doesn't want to have anything else to do with it. That's fine. He doesn't have to have anything to do with it. Pick another actor. But if you are if but you can't do that if you're going to come into the story and throw everything out. Because right. that's what they did. They came into the story and threw everything out. And so getting rid of Han Solo was an easy way to let Harrison Ford be in the movie and then be done, right? Right. And the and the other side of that, too, is, I mean, let, let's play lore for a moment, okay? Um, this is science fiction. We do, we do plastic surgery in regular movies. Yeah. Where you explain a different face. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how much easier in a science fiction universe where they have uh where they have um a robotic appendages and replacement body parts space right. wizards and I mean. space space wizards seriously i mean that how much easier is it to to take old footage um take harrison well, ford and, and and do a short little montage of him you know having a, a horrific accident and getting mauled by a wookie you know and having his face replaced his face burned or having his face burned Something and getting happened, it replaced. an accident on the Falcon. Hell. But I mean, it's just like... Yeah, exactly. You, you you go from six, where it's like, you're on the edge of this new republic. Everyone's happy. Everything's going up. Everything's going up. And you go to seven, and, and, all, and, and the world, the, the universe, has literally just kind of... Fallen apart. No, no, it's just literally stopped. Yeah, that is exactly the other side of it. 50 years, nothing happened. 30 years, something like that. I right. don't know A while. Is. A, a while, yes. And, you know, you hear Mark Hamill. I don't know if you've ever heard or seen the interviews from Mark Hamill talking about Luke. Luke would never give up. No. Luke isn't. He doesn't give up. That's who no. Luke is. And that is and that is who Luke is in just the six movies. Three movies. The, well, the three um, movies. Well, technically the, four movies. The, the, the four movies. Because he is in episode he's, three. He's a baby in episode three. Right. Yeah. Um, in those three movies, in just those three movies, which they 
they kept as canon, strong air quotes, um, that is who Luke is. He doesn't, he he never gives up. And now you're giving us, like you said, you're giving us a story. And he had one, he had one setback and went and hid on some island somewhere like a little pansy. You know, you know, it's funny. You're talking about the six, the six movies as canon. And it reminded me of something. We're, we're, we're talking about right now the fans being upset about the movies and them just not doing anything about it. They just continue pushing forward with these crappy movies. Yeah. It's a crappy story. And they haven't just said, okay, we're just going to scrap 7, 8, 9 and go back to the canon. That uh, is one of the things that's probably the most here's, annoying. Here's, here's the thing. is that I, you know, Let's talk about 1, 2, and 3. Let's talk about the big thing that everyone disliked about 1, 2, and 3. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. A, fin- a fantastic, well-developed character, part of a well-developed group of creatures that people hated. They absolutely hated him. They absolutely hated the character. And what did George Lucas do? George Lucas listened to his fans. And removed it. And made the character a background character that was just kind of there and ultimately actually turned him into the guy that very stupidly, in incon- you know, without realizing it, gave the Empire to, or gave the Republic to Palpatine. He did a brilliant job of making, of taking this character that he liked. It's his favorite character. He said it multiple times. He's He did a great job of taking this character that the fans didn't like and he, re- and moving him. Even though, let, let's go there. Yeah. Even though, according to George Lucas, from what I've read mm-hmm. and interviews I've seen, Jar Jar Binks is his favorite character. Yeah, yeah, his favorite character. He is the creator. This is his favorite character. The fans didn't like it, and he obeyed the fans. I mean, to that, hats off. Yeah, say you what know? you will about him. He did listen. He did listen, you know? And we have... And so that that is the arrogance, I think, of the of the current administration of Star Wars. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're Disney, and that's the mindset that they probably have. We are Disney. You will right. buy our product. And, and say what you will, they're a big conglomerate. And they've had some really good movies. They've had some really not so good movies. That is true. I, that is true. I think what you're going to start seeing, though, with with some of this new stuff, unless they have a, uh, unless they have some, their eyes are open type thing. I think you're going to start seeing stuff like Marvel movies not making as much money as they used to. And I think that this, oh, I think I that's they, a guarantee at this point. I think that this Star Wars movie, I think that it's going to be one of those things where unless they, I mean, straight up go crazy on I'm watching it for Palpatine trying yeah that's well, why and I'm that's, watching that's, and, and I'm watching it just to finish it and here's the other here's the well, other well let me say that here's the other side the other side is they didn't plan on doing any more than three movies all of the media I have read about about what's her name the, the Kathleen Kennedy no 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 the, the girl playing the main character Ray, uh, Ray. what's her name Ray yeah the girl playing Ray um, this is it. it they're done the movies are done. This is it. It's over. Star Wars in this iteration is over. Um, and it, and it's like, really? You you set it up? You did all of this PR and did this huge thing for three movies? Like you said, Nick? And, and not six? Right? And or not nine. A, or nine? Like you, or, no, this is or not article. an entire universe? No, in this article that I'm reading, in this article I'm reading, they were originally slated for like 12 movies. See if if these Star Wars movies had taken off, 
They could have easily done that. They could have easily done 12 movies if they had stuck with the canon. If they, because if they the problem is, the is that the very first thing they did is throughout the canon and then made this movie. And sure, the first movie made all this money. It broke the internet. That's because it was brand new Star Wars. Star Wars is back. But guys. it was Star Wars. Star Wars after 30 years. It was Star Wars. Had not done well, anything. 30 years. It, well, episode no episode three came out in two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand. Oh, okay, yeah, it, right. it was ten years. It had been a while. No one had seen a Star Wars. It movie. had been a long time, and it had a lot of hype. And people were like, "Let's go watch Star Wars." Yeah, I, I went and saw an IMAX three D, and I thought I enjoyed it at that moment. I was like, "Okay, it was." We're a, back to Star let's Wars. Let's go watch a Star Wars movie, and they. It, because they did four, five, and six. I enjoyed it from a Star Wars standpoint. I despised it as a movie. From the moment I watched it. Episode 7? But No, but what I'm saying is that they... they the best used, part about it was the title sequence. Continue. They used 4, 5, and 6. They took the stories of 4, 5, and 6, diced them up, and sautéed them into 7. So that all of the fans came and watched it over and over and over again. Because it's 4, 5, and 6 all over again. And with new faces and with, new characters. With new faces and new characters. And and we get to see Han, Luke, or Han, Leia on, a, on screen. And sort and of. Soto, a, yeah, seriously. And Luke. A two and a half hour movie and he had less screen time than. And Luke turning around and looking. Wow. Yeah, that, that, nah. Oh, it irked me so bad. Everyone, Luke, I. I don't know who you are, but you had to love Luke at least a little bit and every, from the Star Luke Wars. Luke was such a great character. He's such a goober. You know, you know what I say? You know what I say? If you're going to do that, forget about Kylo Ren. Just have Darth Vader come back. Yeah. Well, see, but that's the thing. There was so much redemption for, for Vader. He he was Anakin again after that. Well, and this is this is what I'm... This is... And I talked to Luke about this, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. Since we're on our podcast right now. And we can do whatever the heck we want. And, uh, you know... What would have happened if Darth Vader hadn't died? Ooh, there's that's a, a good question. I mean, if we're gonna and throw became out White Vader, if we're gonna throw out the canon, right? If we're just gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater and just have a whole new story, Darth Vader doesn't die. Um, they he gets a new he gets a new white suit. They call him Anakin. Um. He's, you know... So they can make him a newer, better suit that doesn't hurt Yeah, that's him. what I mean. He's got yeah. a new suit... Doesn't look remotely like the old one. That's all white, you know. And almost, you know, whatever. He's got a little cape or something, and he's Jedi Anakin. And him and Luke rebuild the Jedi Order. because yeah, it's basically because a Anakin, retelling of Revan. Because Anakin knows about the Jedi Order. He knows, he's everything. he knows everything. Because he lived through the Jedi Order. And he knows where everything is, as as far as you know what he knew about the empire. He knows right. where That's stuff is. He knows where he all could, the hidden Jedi stuff is. Yeah, all the hidden Jedi stuff is. All the Sith stuff that's on that's on uh, that's on Coruscant. He could totally. I mean, if you're gonna throw out the story, tell tell an epic father son reuniting story. Oh, you know how great that would an be? epic an epic story with like with Leia. Yeah. And Darth Vader making re- making redemption she with each other. She actually gets to meet her father. Well, because no, she well because if you read in the expanded universe, At, Darth meet Vader him as a father. Darth Vader. There were multiple times when they interacted with each other where there was a bit of like torturing going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, to yeah. have to have like a whole story where they're re- they're redeemed. There's redemption between the two of them. I mean, See, you but, had you had the option of taking a fantastic fantasy science fiction story. 
and doing what science fiction is supposed to do, which is talk about the existential human question. But right. then you wonder, can Vader really be redeemed? He's committed such horrible acts, such but horrifying this is, acts. This is what my point is, is that the people that have committed the worst crimes can do the most good, are usually the ones that are the most redemptive. Okay, so we've we've hashed this. And I would say the underlying point here, and we've said it before, and I've said it a, mo- a bunch of times now, is that you have to be a fan, right? Yeah. Or you have to have a desire. You have to like it. You have to like it. So, in the very few things that Disney and Kathleen Kennedy and these people do that are good things, they have graced us with the gem that is the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. <laughs> I- Baby Yoda. And now Baby Yoda is is a huge marketing ploy. They're just trying yeah, to sell no, stuff. I get it, but, but still, it's good. It's still it's a it's good, good marketing. Yes, yes. But, but, I I enjoy. I have not seen an episode of the Mandalorian the thing, that though, I didn't like. As far yeah. as it being a marketing ploy, it's only a marketing ploy so far. It has to be a good character. And it's it like has it's been. like Baby Groot. And he's a good character. You could you could have Baby Groot in the story and just sell Baby Groots, but Baby Groot is a fantastic character. Right in. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to the point where you can sell him like crazy and it's the same thing with Baby Yoda. Yeah. He is a he is an epically hysterical character him eating frogs was just <laughs> Yeah, he's adorable. So funny. And so what is this what is this play off to, right? This plays off to one of the single best directors that we have ever seen in our culture, I think. He's up there as with, far as I'm concerned. With the exception of Lion King, but with the exception we won't talk of about that well, and and no, we will. We will talk about that. And, I, and I'm going to still hold that he's the best director because not only does he direct, he also knows how to play their stupid politics. Okay. Right? John Favreau, right, who did the first Iron Man, the second Iron... Did he do the second yeah, Iron Man? he did the first First two. and second Iron Man. Oh, you can totally he did, tell. You can totally he did, tell the difference. One uh, of the Avengers, he did one of the Avengers, didn't he? Did he? Um, I thought he did. I could be speaking out of my butt on that one. I but. think you are. Um, Which is impressive. Well, that's the smell. Anyway, um, so he, here's this guy who, when he when he takes something, it is it's so much more than a job for him. It's an art form, and then he loves it. And so he has been, from what I understand and what I've been reading, he has been begging Star Wars um, since I think the second Iron Man. Um, he's been begging Disney to let him do the Mandalorian or a Star Wars series or movie or show and they've been blocking him all the time and so from what i can gather and this is of course not ever any anywhere in the news this is conjecture but my conjecture is is they threw him a bone and said well you do lion king and and then we'll give you something for star wars and he said fine and so he did lion king and he did lion king safely because as much as lion king was garbage it was the exact same freaking story. There was nothing different. Kind of. The only difference was the Nala crap at the no, end. No, no, no. It was weak. And it was weak. It was so weak. But at the same time, it was classic Lion King Disney. I guess. And then they gave him the Mandalorian. And what are we seeing now? It's the number one. It's full on trending. And because of that... Number one most pirated TV show, I think, currently. Pirated? Oh, yeah. As in, like, ripped and downloaded and whatnot? Yes, everywhere. Arr! Arr! So, as of the 11th, this 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 Those last two week, days ago, by the two way. Two days ago, 
Star Wars announces new Bounty Hunter series with Boba Fett. And I don't know anyone that didn't like Boba Fett. Okay, so I'm going to read this. And those of you that are Star Wars fans and, um, what is it, Legends of the Force fans now? Yes. Um, those of us that, that is, are the original. We're the original. Oh, that's right. The yeah, legend, it's the original. It's, They've changed it from the Expanded Universe to the, to the Legends Universe. They just keep changing the name because people want it. Yeah. And they keep they keep hollering out for it, you know, all 200 and some odd books. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with them um, just keeping it back there and pulling stuff from it. I can live with that. I, I have a problem with that because it's they're pulling it out of context. And because uh, those stories all have and you, continuity and you end up, context. You end up with an ep- you have an epic character like <coughs> Jason, and you end up with Kylo Ren, which is just like which is a crappy mishmash between and, between Ben Skywalker, who was Luke's son in the Legends, and um, Jason Solo, Solo who true. was Han. a half of a twin, who was Han and Leia's son. Who only went dark at the end of that thing, and that that whole battle there was epicness in, in and of itself. Right. So anyway, so let me read this article. Uh, the bounty hunter, the bounty hunters of Star Wars lore, are all the rage once again. Okay, I love how these people once again. They've never stopped being the rage. You people just stopped listening and started listening again. Okay. Um, thanks to the insanely popular Disney TV series Star Wars: The Mandalorian. Uh, with that in mind, Marvel Comics and Star Wars are are bringing to life a brand new project that centers around some other popular bounty hunters, including Boba Fett and Bosk. So, if you were ever a if you were ever a, a, a reader of the Star Wars, Bosk is another bounty hunter that um, actually saved Boba Fett's life. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Uh, because Boba Fett got himself out of the Sarlacc pit, yeah, he did but was wounded very badly, mm-hmm. and Bosk picked him up and yeah. nursed him back to health. Yep. Um, and then they partnered, quote-unquote, partnered up for a little while. Bosk tried to betray Boba Fett. I'm sure none of these stories are going to be out there because this is all Legends of the Force. Um, so, on Wednesday, the companies announced Star Wars Bounty Hunters, an ongoing comic series from writer Ethan Sachs, and artist uh, Paolo Vinali uh, that is set to make its debut in March. So that's, I mean, that's coming up quick. Um, the series will follow cyborg bounty hunter Burlet Valance, who was created for the Star Wars comic books in the 1970s. Valance was seeking revenge on his mentor-turned-betrayer, Nakano Lash, um, which if you've read any of the Star Wars uh, lore, these are just famous names. However, after also looking for Lash, are Bosk and Fett. Um, it will also introduce new killers to the Star Wars canon. Along with the initial information about Bounty Hunters, StarWars.com shared the covers of the first two issues of the series. Both covers were illustrated by Lee uh, Bermajo, and you can check them out below. They are they are pretty stinking awesome, i got to say. They look great. So this is going to be a, another so it's, series? It, it's a comic book series. Okay. Um, and I'm sure if it if it takes off, which I'm sure it will, um, uh, it, it will become either probably something along the lines of The Clone Wars, like an animated series, or it might actually get a live action, which would be pretty cool. I'm completely fine with something like The Clone Wars, like a li- like like those that TV show. I need to watch The Clone Wars. I've heard it's phenomenal. I've watched a couple of them. Like, They're really good. Like and the it's... first, I think it's the first season. It's a little like piecemeal. It's kind of jumpy. But I think after that, they start really digging into different storylines. So and it was all it was all part of original. All the all the first stuff was all original canon. 
It was all Legends of the Force. I'm so, per, yeah, I'm pretty so sure the Clone quote, Wars is considered canon. Oh, too. it is considered canon. No, it's considered canon now, but I'm saying originally when it was made, it was all it all fit in. Yeah. Yeah, it was designed to fit in with the because it was before because that was everything. Time everything yeah. was canon. Like, not Whereas, to be too spoiler, but the Yoda Force Ghost thing was like where he learned how to do that. That was insane. Like where supposedly, like uh, supposedly, he went to that place where Qui Gon Jinn lear- was learning to to meld with the Force. Yes, yes, that was insane. I loved that. I mm-hmm. I've went and, and watched the, that and the, multiple and times. And these are great. These are great stories. Is that was that in the Clone that Wars? That is like the last couple. Episodes. Oh, okay, yeah. So that is and that is within the time frames there. So basically, while the Rebellion and the Emperor are fighting, uh, the dark corners of the Star Wars universe belong to the bounty hunters, and that's always been a facet of the saga, but now they're going to be bringing that to light. So, um, uh, well, I think them picking Mandalorians in general for, especially for like this TV show. I, I have always loved Mandalorian, the Mandalorians. Well, so the, the, just the whole Mandalorian, um, you know, the lore of the Mandalorian. And, and so, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I, I doubt, I doubt I'm outing, but I don't want to out Fevreau, but I would dare say, that the man has either read or has access to and is using it as source material, the Legends of the Force. Because watching the Mandalorian show, I mean, it is right in line with everything that Mandalore was and the Mandalorians believed. And and, and, and he's expanding on that and expounding on it. And, and I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, but I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are my religion. I just oh, if you haven't seen that so good. Just, you live under a rock. I mean it's so good. So um we we uh we had less in the studio today, so we, we kinda took it a little bit further. Um and uh Les is a quiet guy by nature. A little bit, yeah. Um and so we uh we got some we got some conversation out of him and we got him we piqued his interest and he jumped in, which was very, very good. I'm, I'm um, a little bit of a Star Wars nerd, it, we, and that and that's part of and we I think we definitely need to just do an entire episode where we don't go on tangents and we talk just Star Wars. There's a lot and, to talk about, and you know maybe I don't know just if that's possible. I well you have to limit it. You to mean fiction. the tangent part or or talking just the Star tangent Wars. part? Well, maybe, maybe I think we'll just have to limit think, our tangents. No, I think that I think that the point of talking about all this stuff is that you go on tangents because it's all connected. That is true. Everything is true. everything is inspired by everything else. So, um, those of us, those of you that listen to the show, uh, you know that we normally do an hour-long uh, podcast. Um, today we took it a bit further, and we're uh, we're sitting at about an hour and a half. All right. So ninety ninety minute podcast today, which is pretty cool, um, and it was a it was a good conversation. Lots of politics and Star Wars and <laughs> and engineering and, uh, and you, a little not, little bit of not really much, little bit of engineering. But um, most people would be a little e bored equals by equals mc it. squared. Okay, there that's we go. Physics. That's Dang physics. Dang it. Yeah, and see, it's, that's why I'm not an not engineer. Even, it's not even real physics. So, uh, whoa, okay, you got to be careful saying that. <laughs> but there are some physicists that would probably not appreciate you saying that. Are they several, the, are they theoretical? Is maybe. one of their names Sheldon? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there have been several yeah. PhDs so, granted out so, of stuff uh, like yeah. that. So, yeah, equals mc squared is not real physics. I'm just gonna say it again. <laughs> Um, oh, and our typical, since we did all this politics this morning, Epstein didn't kill himself. Just a <laughs> friendly reminder um, of all of the insanity we're talking about. There are bad people out there. Make sure that you're paying attention to to uh, read through the news. Don't just believe what you hear. So, uh, we are Pod Bros. A, a production. production of Sound Bros Productions. 
Um, we uh, we thoroughly enjoyed today. We were very glad you're with us. Thank you, Les, for joining us. I yeah. know we know it was early, um, and joining us in our little makeshift studio here. Um, uh, we are uh, on Podbean, 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 iTunes, iTunes, soon to be on, soon to be on Spotify, Spotify Google, Play, Google Play, YouTube, and whatever other podcast thing you can find. We're on Facebook. I uh, drop us your friends and share, share likes. Like. <laughs> and remember, as we say on on Pod Bros, if you're not learning, you're dying. So stay alive. <laughs>